College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It really is that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Troops action with DraftKings Pools. Everybody can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. You simply join a pool and you answer questions like who will make it to the next round or who will hit the most three-pointers. Then you track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use the promo code ROAM. Bet five bucks on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win. You have to use the promo code Rome. Promo code Rome this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to be able to be normal. I'm never going to be able to go do all these things that I thought I, that I had done in my life, you know, with my kids, with my wife. You want to talk about self-doubt and bad self-talk. You know, I, I just, it was just honestly a downward spiral for me in a hospital bed, stuck in a wheelchair, you know, talking about cutting my leg off, and I'm just never going to be able to do these things that I'd always done. Hey now, what's cracking? Welcome back to the Jim Rohn Podcast, and welcome to episode 215. Now, if it sounds like I'm hyped for the conversation that you're about to hear, it's because I am hyped for the conversation you're about to hear. My guest this week is former Pro Bowl quarterback and current ESPN NFL analyst Alex Smith. Now, Alex did not just go number one overall in the 05 draft and then go on to make three Pro Bowls and play 16 NFL seasons with the Niners, Chiefs, and Washington. I mean, yes, he did do all those things, but he's also a straight-up inspiration and a legend because he made probably the single greatest comeback from an injury that we have ever seen in any sport. He won the 2020 NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award, and you may as well hand him the Comeback Player of the Century as well because I seriously doubt anybody is ever going to top his recovery from that brutal compound fracture that didn't just seriously threaten his football career, but it threatened his life. Needless to say, I am thrilled to have the opportunity to chat with him right now, and I do not want to waste another second, so let's get right to it. It's episode 215 of the Jim Rome Podcast with former Pro Bowl quarterback Alex Smith, and it's coming at you right now. So, Alex, it is just outstanding to be able to talk to you. You are appearing today courtesy of UCAN. It's a product that you use extensively, and you're an investor in the company, and obviously you and I will get into that. But because you and I have not spoken in a moment or two, first things first, how are you, how are things, and what have your post-playing days been like so far? (laughs) Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for asking. Honestly, uh, I'm incredibly lucky. I feel like every single day, you know, given obviously the – my injury and where I was at for a long time. Like, uh, to be able to go do what I can do, uh, I, honestly, I feel like I pinch myself every day. I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I got a great family, three healthy young kids that are, that are awesome ages. And, and, again, grateful that I can kind of go chase them around and be a dad. And that's, that's the main priority, certainly, for me, as I stepped away from the game, uh, was because of that, was to be a dad and a husband. You know, they've sacrificed so much for me for my career. And football obviously dominated our life uh, for a long time, and so it's it's uh, it's been a you know awesome to be able to step away from that and kind of focus on again being a dad and a husband and um, 
incredibly impressionable, impressionable ages, my kids. So enjoying it. Uh, still trying to figure out this post-career life. You know, this last year, I, uh, it was fun kind of putting on my analyst hat and, and doing some stuff with ESPN and, you know, on the Monday Night Countdowns and things like that. And I, and I did really enjoy that um, and had a lot of fun with it. So still trying to figure out what, what it looks like and piece it all together. But uh, certainly, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the challenge and certainly, again, grateful for where I'm at yeah, in yeah. life. I was going to say, Alex, I think that's great. I think that's amazing. I think it's a really candid response. You know, obviously I'll ask you about the injury, but I think that there, there's so much to your journey and so much to your life and your story. Like if we were to go back even further than that, when you go back to college, your first couple of years, for instance, you were a fairly anonymous player. Then you have these two amazing yeah. seasons. You play your way all the way into the first pick overall in the draft. Oh, and by the way, you're 20, you're taken by the 49ers, and you've got to follow in the footsteps of Steve Young and Joe Montana. Like no pressure there. I mean, what yeah. was that like? And as you look back, how well do you think you handled that at that time? Oh, it was a life changer for me. Yeah, you said it. Like, when I was 18 coming out of high school, I had one scholarship offer. You know, like, I, I only had one Division One scholarship offer, and it was the University of Utah, and I'm incredibly grateful uh, for it. But I went there, yeah, like, I I mean, talk about unheralded. I, I, I – you know, these recruits have all these stars and ratings. Like, I, I had no ratings, no stars, no one expecting anything from me. Um, you know, and then two and a half years later, I was the number one pick in the draft. Like, uh, things changed for me overnight. You know, all of a sudden, I had never dealt with expectations like that. Um, certainly the weight of a franchise to be a 20-year-old kid, to come to the San Francisco 49ers and play quarterback and to be the next franchise quarterback in the line of Montana and Young, you know, like – it, it absolutely changed everything for me. I went from I went from somebody that was, you know, incredibly fearless when I was at the University of Utah. No one expected anything from us again. I went out there and and anytime we played a big school, I was trying to get them. You know, I, I had a killer instinct. You know, we were all trying to get them and prove that we belonged. Um, and again, no one expected anything from us. And then all of a sudden, again, when I when I got drafted, it flipped. And I thought I had to be this franchise quarterback right now. I thought I was 20 years old and I had to be this, you know, I had to be Joe Montana. I had to be Peyton Manning right now. And I thought I had to be perfect. And that's how I played. I played to try to be perfect. I played not to screw up, to not make mistakes. Uh, and, and, you know, being a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback in the NFL is hard enough. And to go out there with that kind of mindset uh, just made it almost impossible. I, you know, uh, I was – completely distracted. I was consumed with what other people were thinking about me. Uh, my mind uh, wandered in all these crazy places as far as like bad self-talk, self-doubt. Do I belong? When You know, have I got everybody fooled? You know, like how long until they find out that I don't belong here kind of thing? And, uh, that, you know, in hindsight, it was only distracted me. But it was something that I, you know, took me several years to kind of get out of my own way. Uh, but in hindsight, I think I kind of needed. Again, I'd never dealt with anything like that. Um, and, and, and I do look back, and it changed and shaped my, not only my career, but my life You know, going forward, um, the lessons I learned going through that as a young pro. And, and obviously, my, my first few years were kind of mired in dysfunction and inconsistencies, especially you know, with the team and organization. We were all, you know, and so I learned a lot through that process. But, yeah, absolutely, a lot of them were self-inflicted. You know, I did a lot of that to myself and kind of was my own worst enemy for, for several years. 
parents, it is time. Time to finally cross off one of the most important things on your to-do list, life insurance. Fabric makes getting a great term life insurance policy for your family quick, easy, and surprisingly affordable. You see, Fabric was built specifically for parents to help you manage your family's financial future like a parenting pro, stress-free. Fabric's new lower prices mean significant savings over other providers with great policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. And everything is on your schedule with Fabric because it's all online. Less than 10 minutes to apply and you can be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. Then, just personalize your quote to fit your family's needs and you'll be set with high-quality, affordable protection for your family. There is no risk to apply today. Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. Protect your family with term life insurance right now in just 10 minutes. Apply today at meetfabric.com slash Rome. Again, that's meetfabric.com dot com slash rome to start protecting your family right now m-e-e-t fabric.com slash rome fabric insurance agency policies issued by vantas life not available in new york and montana prices subject to underwriting and health questions I was talking to a mental skills coach by the name of Colin Henderson on another podcast that I host, and he was talking about how literally this very thing, he said that there's seven out of 10 people, seven out of 10 people who suffer from, quote, imposter syndrome, that seven out of 10 of us are walking around right now worrying if we're going to be found out, asking ourselves, am I a fraud? Do I really deserve any of this? Like, that's what you're talking about, right? It is. And, And I love that you brought that up because when I was 20, 21, 22, you know, 23 in an NFL locker room, I thought I was the only person dealing with that. You know, like I thought I was alone and you think you got to be a tough football player and I got to bury this deep down. And I tried to act like I wasn't dealing with that kind of self doubt, you know, and, and it really prevented me from actually dealing with it. You know, and it's funny, I was fortunate enough. I ended up playing 16 years and you realize you play long enough and you have these, you know, intimate conversations with teammates and friends. You realize that like every single person in a locker room deals with it. You know, first ballot Hall of Famers deal with it. They just end up, uh, you know, I think confronting and moving on with it better. You know, and, and so, again, depending on with where you're at in life and what's coming at you and adversity and different things and what your triggers may be, that everybody has this. Everybody deals with it, and I think that's an important thing that I, I enjoy being transparent about. I really enjoy talking about my own struggles with it uh, because I think it's real. And, again, I, I think to, to know that you're not alone out there, again, we're all human. We all deal with self-doubt and insecurities. Um, and then I think it's about confronting it and then moving beyond it is, is, is really those are two important things. And it wasn't until I kind of confronted that I was in this, you know, bad headspace uh, that I was able to kind of finally try to find a different way, you know, and, and get out of my own way, so to speak. So, uh, I, again, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I do think it's important. I do think it's something that everybody deals with uh, depending on where they're at in life. And, and again, you're not alone, you know. No, that's so important, and I'm so glad that you shared that. That is so, so important. I mean, everybody, everybody's dealing with something. I think a lot of people do a better job of 
dealing with it. And especially back then when people, I would imagine, in an NFL locker room, especially back then, Alex, guys did not talk about that because it was counterculture. You just you couldn't show, quote, weakness. But then totally. you, you, found a, you found a way to deal with it. You confronted with it, and it was through hard work, and it took some time. But then the joy returns, and you're playing really, really well. For those who don't remember exactly what happened on November 18th, 2018, you know, not to take us back, but... I, Obviously, we got to go back to that. That ill-fated play. Can you take us through it? What happened that day and on that play? Yeah. You know, for me, it was, like you said, like I, I was rolling in my career at that point. I had just come off my career year in year 12. I mean, I thought I could play. I thought I was going to play, you know, 10 more years. Um, I still felt great. My body felt great. It was my first year in Washington. I think we were two games up in the division. Um, it was week 10. Like, I, everything was looking up. You know, looking forward and looking up. And, you know, on a pretty innocuous play by NFL standards, I mean, I feel like I've been hit way worse over my career. And it was kind of one of those – it was a sack that I felt like I was kind of conceding. You know, like one of those ones, like just kind of go down and protect the football. And, you know, sure enough, you know, I, I, I roll over and look, look over at my leg and, and spend in where it shouldn't. You know, my leg's not straight. And just obviously incredibly uh, shocked by it. I mean, I knew right away my leg was broken. Um, you don't ever expect for that to happen. I've been tackled thousands and thousands of times over my career, and all of a sudden, this one time, this just whatever for whatever reason, it was perfect, and and my leg broke. Um, and I remember being kind of completely naive to how complex the, the road ahead of me was going to be. You know, you hear about broken bones all the time, and you're like, oh, six to eight weeks, and you know, here I am in the NFL, and we got the best of the best doctors, and you know. They'll, I'll have surgery and they'll do what they have to do to put me back together and, and I'll be back. I'll be back where I left off is kind of what I remember thinking. And obviously, again, in hindsight, incredibly naive to what the road ahead of me and certainly didn't think that I'd have the, the infection that I would get and what that did to me. And, you know, 17 surgeries uh, later, permanent loss of ability and a lot of muscles and tendons. And, you know, I've had to adapt. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was life-changing, life-changing that day. Uh, and it's funny though, for a long time, I remember thinking how unlucky I was thinking back to that day, you know, and it's funny you get on the other side of that coin though, and, and how incredibly lucky I am again, to be where I'm at today, having gone through everything that I've gone through and, and, and really do count myself incredibly fortunate, uh, you know, obviously just to, to, to do what I can to have made my comeback, uh, to be able to go do what I can in life and not feel like I have any limitations. Alex, you know that's that great saying that everything good is on the other side of hard, but there's hard yeah. and then there's this. All right, I want to be very clear about this. Like it would take, it seems to me, it would take hours, if not days, to really break down what you had to go through and what your family went through. But I would ask you this: when a doctor says to you, Alex, at this very moment, flesh-eating bacteria is crawling up your leg and it's getting closer to your vital organs every minute. I mean. My God, that is terrifying. That is even even now, just reading that is terrifying. What did you think hearing that, and what did you do in response to hearing that? Yeah, it's yeah, you're in shock. You know, yeah, you don't want to believe it. Like all of a sudden, I mean, I, you know, I was playing football again. I was I was playing a game. Uh, we have the greatest doctors in the world, and and then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're talking about this life threatening infection and. In order to save my life, they may have to cut off my leg, you know, like that. Like, and I just couldn't wrap my head around how we got there. 
you know, how did this happen? Again, feeling not wanting to believe it, not wanting to accept it. Um, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't understand how this had happened. Um, and I, and I was in that kind of mindset for a long, long time, even as they finally, you know, obviously got the infection under control enough that they felt like my life was in great hands. Um, you know, but they were still talking about cutting off my leg because of what the infection had done and the loss of tissue and muscle. And I still had this broken leg that, that potentially wasn't going to, uh, you know, heal. And I spent months and months, uh, you know, kind of stuck in that denial, right? Uh, that football did this to me. I can't believe we got here. I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to be able to go do, I'm never going to be able to be normal. I'm never going to be able to go do all these things that I thought I, that I had done in my life, you know, with my kids, with my wife. Um, I just, uh, you want to talk about self-doubt and bad self-talk. You know, I, I just, it was just honestly a downward spiral uh, for me in a hospital bed or stuck in a wheelchair, um, you know, talking about cutting my leg off and I'm just never going to be able to do these things that I'd always done. And uh, obviously, you know, depressed and, and, and in a bad place mentally. Um, and again, it wasn't until I confronted all that. That, that I was able to kind of finally move forward um, and begin kind of my, my slow, slow march back to recovery. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? You started to rehab at a military facility called the Center for the Intrepid. I'm really curious, like when you got there, what types of other injuries did you see? And what was the general or collective mindset of those who were already there? What was that like? Yeah, that was really the place that it all changed for me. You know, again, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I got down there. I couldn't even stand on my own two legs. Again, I'm, I couldn't even really look at my leg at that point. I mean, it was mutilated and, and gnarly looking. And, I, and again, I woke up every day hoping that this was all a bad dream. And I would kind of like every single morning, you know, kind of come into grips again that, no, this is a reality. And, and I'm not wanting to believe it. I, I, I didn't want to accept it. And so I, I get the opportunity to go down to this military center, this, you know, the Center for the Intrepid. It's this rehabilitation center where they specialize in these kinds of injuries and was incredibly lucky to get to go down there. And I'm not really, you know, I'm feeling like I'm not really deserving. You know, here, these are, these are men and women that have literally sacrificed life and limb, you know, and I was playing the game. So you don't really feel like you're deserving. And there they, at the center, it's really unique. They do all their rehab out in the open. So everybody's kind of, uh, you're doing it alongside everybody. And man, there's double amputees and triple amputees and bad burn victims and you know, a lot of, a lot of servicemen and women with injuries just like mine there as well. And they're all, they all kind of have their wounds out in the open and they're all kind of moving forward with their life. And I feel like at that point, like I said, I was just kind of consumed with, I was stuck in the rear view mirror. I was just consumed with all these things that I'll never be able to do. Uh, you know, you name it. I thought about it and like, no, nope, I'm not gonna be able to do that again. I'm never gonna be able to do that. And, and it was down there that, uh, you know, this, this physical therapist, Johnny Owens, 
you know, changed my life. And it was also those guys. Like, so I'm watching these service men and women kind of confront their injuries. And I'm really, I, I can't grasp how they got there. Cause I'm not even close to that from a mental space. And, and Johnny Owens walks behind the counter and he grabs this football and he has me get down on my knees and, and has me start playing catch. So again, I can't even stand. They're still talking about cutting off my leg. And he had me start playing catch with them. And I remember I hadn't touched the football since my injury. And I remember how cathartic it was to find, to be playing catch again. And, and for me, it kind of the light going on that like, Hey, I can still, I can still play catch. I got two young boys. They love playing catch, you know, with their dad and, and that I can still do this. And they were the first place to help me start thinking about what I could do. You know, that I started looking forward, Hey, let's go find out what you can do. And they helped me believe that I, that I, that I could potentially come back and play football. It's the first place I ever said out loud uh, that I want to try and pursue it. And I was scared to death when I said it. Uh, but again, thankful for, for everybody down there for helping me get to, get to that point. Because it was really ultimately about, it was a pivotal moment in my recovery and it was all about mindset change. Um, you know, and again, thankful for the, the nudge. I needed it. I needed the wake-up call and, and uh, they provided that for me. It, it absolutely is my favorite topic in life right now, mindset change, mindset change. The quality of your life is directly related to your mindset, a mindset change. You know, it's like, Alex, I'm, I'm picking my spots very carefully here. But for instance, if you start to change your mindset, but we're all going through something and almost none of us are going through anything like that. But as you're going through this, what was the overriding mindset and attitude that carried you through the brutal rehab and the terrible days and the setbacks and when you just didn't want to do it? What was the mindset that carried you through? Um, two, two things. Um, you know, daily it was my kids and my wife, you know, wanting, wanting to get that, that part of my life back and doing anything. I was willing to do anything I could to try and get that back. I think the other thing is going back to when I said I wanted to play football again. It, was, it wasn't being fe- uh, afraid to fail. You know, finally getting to a place where, like I said this out loud, like amputation was still on the table. But, like, you know what, I'm not scared to, to put this out there and say I want to try it. And if I fail, I fail. But at least I, at least I, I want to see what I have left. I want to go find out. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared uh, to go down trying. And, and I think for me that was, again, to juxtapose, to go back to early in my career when I was, you know, trying to be perfect. Uh, incredibly different. And, and I knew that if I did pursue coming back to try and play football, and I know people have a, had a hard time understanding why I would ever want to do that again. For me, it was about getting the rest of my life back. It was, it was much bigger than football. And, and I knew that if I could come back and potentially ever play pro quarterback again, like that I wouldn't have any mental limitations for the rest of my life. You know, like that if I could do that, the rest of my life would be better off. And, and even though I was a dinosaur in the, in the NFL locker room, you know, an old man, 16 years, like in, in the big picture of life, I still feel like I was a young man and I had a lot of life left ahead of me. And, and, and it was, I was really doing it for that. Um, so yeah, those were the two things, you know, again, my kids kind of as the daily fuel uh, that I wanted to get back to being, uh, reach my potential as far as being a dad, you know, the things I wanted to be able to go do with them. And uh, football was really kind of the vehicle and not being scared to try. And now a message from Discover About Rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. 
Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. I think it is so profound, actually, what you just said, that if I could get through this, there's nothing I can't get through, and there'd be no mental limitations if I did this, even if I didn't make it all the way back. But you did. You were cleared medically. You made it back. You got to practice. And then you get to return. I've got to know, what was it like that day, the actual game? Because practice is one thing. Live action is entirely another. I mean, were you terrified going into that game? What was the mindset that day? Yeah. You know, first off, I, it's funny when I, when I, I was pursuing this and I, I, I'd be honest, I never thought it was actually going to happen. Like mm. I thought it, the road would end for me. You know, I would hit a roadblock and like, I just can't go any further and it's just not in the cards. And, and then all of a sudden like, I'm so f- fortunate and lucky that it, it just kept progressing. My rehab kept progressing and I kept getting to the next step and the next step and the next step. And all of a sudden you said it all of a sudden I'm lacing up cleats and putting a helmet on again and going to the practice field. And all of a sudden I made the 53 man roster. But with all that being said, you said it, especially as a quarterback in the NFL, we all wear these bright yellow jerseys. Like we're, we're untouchable at practice. Right. So you kind of, I had started to believe that I could, I could do it, that I could play, but I, I hadn't been tackled yet. And there was no preseason that year because of COVID. So I also didn't get that opportunity. So here I am, I'm, I'm on national TV or, you know, I'm in a live game running out there to play the, the L.A. Rams, who were the number one defense in the NFL that year. And I'm going through this last huge hurdle of, like, will my leg actually hold up? You know, like the last time I, I ran out between those lines, my leg shattered. And now here I am almost two years later, I'm intentionally running back out there. And I don't know, you know, like, obviously, the doctors and experts gave me the green light, but like, in the back of my head, I'm going through this last major me- mental wall in front of everybody. And so the combination of absolute terror and exhilaration, like that, I, two years I've been working for this, and I didn't think I would ever have this opportunity again. And, man, here it is. And so determined to also make the most of it. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely terrified and scared. And, you know, yeah, the third play, the third play of that game, you know, Aaron Donald, three-time, you know, defensive player of the year, jumps on my back, you know, and I took a couple of small steps and, and then went down. And that was, honestly, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for that moment. It changed my life. Uh, I, I feel like I had spent the two years prior to that walking on eggshells, thinking that I was delicate, that I was fragile. I was this infection risk, you know, like all these things. And again, that was kind of my Everest you know, to be able to go back out there. And Aaron Donald really uh, helped me break through that last wall. And, I, and it, it was funny how freeing it was after that moment. You know, I ended up starting six games after that. You know, we went five and one and, and somehow made the playoffs. But I felt I ended my career in such a different place. I was, every moment out there, I was determined that, like, I never thought I was going to play again. So I played every play just enjoying it. I wasn't worried about what they were going to think about me. I wasn't worried about what they were going to say about me in the paper the next day. You know, like I didn't care. Talk about, I had no fear of failure. Like I was going out there. I thought I'd never play quarterback again here. I was gifted this amazing opportunity to get back on the field. And I was determined to enjoy every single moment of it and be locked in for it. And so uh, it was really fulfilling to end my career in such a different uh, mental space than how I started it. And it's something that really, um, I think I'll take with me for the rest of my life. Because oh. I don't think it just pertains to football. Like I said, it, this is something that everybody deals with. And adversity comes at us all. We all deal with stuff. And, and I think the lessons that I learned 
going through all that, I, I, I'm, again, grateful for and I'll take with me for the rest of my life. It's amazing. So before I ask you about UCAN, just to follow up on that really quickly, because it's bigger than football, and you speak and you share your thoughts on this, and you've done an amazing job in this conversation and sharing those thoughts. So, like, Alex, right now, if somebody is listening and they're just they're spiraling for whatever reason, or they're terrified, or they feel like there's no hope, or there's anxiety that's overwhelming them. They don't know where to turn. What would you tell that person? Because for a fact, we know people listening are dealing with something right now that's like that. Yep, absolutely. You know, for me, it's, again, the number one thing is like you're, you're not alone. And we all have like the di- we all have different triggers. We, we all have different things give us different anxieties. So for me, like, you know, and I, again, I, I enjoy talking about my career in football and, and this is my example, but we all have the thing for us, right? Um, that, that are our triggers for anxiety. And again, I think the number one thing is that you're not alone. It's something that everybody deals with. And that it's not binary, you know, like it's not one or the other. You're not like mentally healthy or you're not like it, it, it's so much more fluid than that, right? Everybody goes up and down as life comes at us. And then I think for me, I think about the people, like I, I mentioned the military and the people down there and Johnny Owens and that, that helped me get out of that. And I've, I certainly had a bunch of teammates early on in my career that helped me get out of that. And I, I think that's the amazing thing about humanity and being a good friend um, and for those people around us and a teammate that like we can be that for one another. Right. And, and I think so oftentimes it's the example you said about how you live your life, how you confront your own anxieties and self-doubt and move beyond them that can end up having such an impressionable effect on those around us so again for anybody out there dealing with it yeah like you're, you're not alone I, I think confronting it is the, obviously the first big step you know realizing you're in a you know bad self-talk you're dealing with self-doubt and and then being able to move beyond it hopefully right get back to where, what you want to focus on don't let it be a distraction for you in life and for your goals um you know get back to focusing on what you want to focus on um, instead of obviously the negativity and, and self-doubt. Wow, it's such a powerful message and such a great, great conversation. As I mentioned, you are appearing today courtesy of UCAN. It's a product, Alex, that you like so much. You're an actual investor in the company. What is it exactly, and why do you feel so strongly about it? Yeah, I mean, this one was easy. You know, it's funny, I, you, especially here post-career, I get pitched things all the time and investment opportunities and wild and crazy things that I know nothing about. Um, this is one that was just a no brainer. I, I use, you can, you know, probably the last five years of my career and it's, it's a product that, you know, forever on game days, I was looking for, I was looking for a solution. You know, I, you eat pregame meal four hours before the game. Game days are incredibly stressful. You want to talk about anxiety and, and, and just mentally and physically grueling. And then a game, you know, itself is three and a half hours. So all of a sudden in the back half of these games, like, I just found myself drained and wanting some, you know, an answer, something, an energy source that, that, uh, could help sustain me. But the only, the only thing we had there was all these sugar products. And then for me, there, there was this huge spike and crash and, and I hated the way they made me feel mentally, like the lack of focus that they gave me because obviously with the game on the line, like you're playing quarterback. I mean, you've got to be able to process, you got to be able to process hundreds and thousands of things all the time. And, and, and you've got to be at your best, especially with the game on the line. And so I just hating the way sugar uh, made me feel. And so finally got introduced to UCAN. And it's this amazing product for those of you out there that don't know what it is. It's this uh, sustained sugar-free fuel source, you know, uh, 
steady release for hours and hours. And then the biggest thing for me is just that it, it allows me to keep my focus. You don't get the spike in the crash. It, it works with your body as opposed to against it. Uh, decreased inflammation, how much better I felt, you know, my shoulder, uh, joints, um, again, as, as a, and then for me also, like just when I needed to be my best, it allowed me to do that. I, I think it's a game changing product. So it started for me with football and game days. And then I started using it on practice days. And it's funny, uh, I used it more and more throughout my recovery. You know, uh, you know, obviously eating became cumbersome when I was trying to, you know, try and, and recover and get back. And, and, uh, you came with such an amazing product for me throughout that process as I had these grueling days of rehab and, um, working out and to be able to have it with me on the go. And then now it's funny, retired, I use it even more uh, on the go with my kids, getting out the door in the morning, running them around to all their activities. When I travel, uh, you name it, throwing in the golf bag, like with my workouts, it's just something that, that, uh, I have with me everywhere. It's an amazing tool. I, I suggest everybody go out there and give it a try. Again, it was it, I use it more now than when I was playing. For anybody on the go, active, uh, sugar-free, it's just this amazing fuel source that allows you to kind of keep your productivity, allows you to still stay dialed in. Um, it's kind of what, you know, again, for me, just to be able to sugar-free, it, it, it's an absolute game changer. So uh, pumped to be partnered with them. I think more and more people need to know about it. So hopefully helping spread the word. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't need all that? Yeah. Really quickly, is it is it a meal replacement or is it something else? No, it can be. In fact, I use it for that a lot in the mornings. I, I fasted for a long time, and, and now for me, I use it the most in the mornings, getting out the door. And uh, again, kind of curb any kind of hunger. Um, and again, use it's something that's so good for your body and allows you to keep, keep your productivity um, and again, sugar free. So yeah, Jim. I, in fact, I think we got some coming your way. So you'll be able Good. to give it a, give it a try. Good. Uh, highly suggested. Yeah, but now they have they have multiple products. First started out as just this powder. You mix it in with water. Now they got a ton of different stuff. There's bars. Um, you know, granolas in the morning. A lot of different different things. They even make a protein product as well that I used a ton throughout my recovery. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's awesome. I highly suggest it. Uh, game changer for anybody. I think kind of on the go and 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 at all active. Alex, where do folks get it? Yeah, go online. I think it's the best way. Uh, UCAN.go. Um, it's an awesome product. Give it, give it a try, uh, especially for me again. Also with my kids, you know, be able to give them something that's not a sugary sports drink um, as they're going about their activities, you know, and, and know that I'm giving them something good that's going to give them sustained energy and allow them to be their best. Uh, so yeah, uh, honestly, it, it, pumped about the partnership and, uh, looking forward to obviously getting started with them and help spread the word. Right, I'm pumped to try it really quickly. You mentioned fasting, then I'll let you go. I'm really curious when you say that you used to fast, are we talking intermittent fasts or would you go a day or longer? How did you approach fasting? And is that a good thing? Yeah, I intermittent fasted for a long time, probably gosh, five years leading up to before I broke my leg. Um, it's still something that I do occasionally now that I've recovered, but I loved it. I loved the way it made my body feel, decreased inflammation, how sharp I felt, how productive I was. I highly recommend it for anybody that hasn't tried it. Uh, I occasionally would do some more prolonged fasts, but that was kind of here or there. Uh, mainly for me, it was, it was more about intermittent fasted daily. And uh, I loved it. Unfortunately, obviously, when I broke my leg and, and was trying to heal up, um, I needed to be, you know, the full other end of that. I was eating all the time, um, trying to get as much protein as I could. Uh, you know, to try to heal up. And so now that I have kind of have, I, I, I go in and out of intermittent fasting, but for me, again, you can't like a perfect fit for that. Cause then in the morning, 
uh, honestly, you can keep a lot of the benefits of the fast, but still kind of have prolonged uh, sustained energy. Um, and so you can use it as a meal replacement. I highly recommend that if people are into that. Um, it definitely can, can fill that void. Can't wait. It's you can. You listeners should definitely try that out. Alex, I cannot tell you how good it was to get caught up with you. I so appreciate all the time that you spent today to have this conversation, man. You sound absolutely awesome, and I'm really thankful for it, man. So great to talk to you, Alex. Thank you so much. Jim, thanks so much for having me, man. Let's do it again soon. My thanks to a total class act. My man has had one hell of a 16-year NFL journey, crazy highs, brutal lows, crazy highs, insane lows, but he is honest and open and at peace with all of it. So my thanks once again to Alex Smith for showing up and showing up huge for the original side hustle. You see, conversations like this are exactly what this podcast is all about. This is why I do it. Extended, unfiltered, and free premium content that you simply cannot find anywhere else. If more of that is of interest to you, we will have a fresh new ep out every single week. And if you take a second and subscribe, episode 216 will find its way straight to you the second it does go live. So if you don't mind, go track that down and smash that subscribe button. You'll be happy you did. And in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with your voicemails. First new message. What's up, man? Smack? This is Will in Bel Air. I'm trying to get a lead role in this upcoming biopic about Jawan Howard. I don't know if you saw me Sunday night, but I did a live audition. I wanted to ask you if you could put in a good word for me, considering you're a well-respected sports film actor. Thank you, Jim. Message saved. Next message. Rome, Justin in Melbourne. What an incredible NCAA tournament we got going on right now. Can we be real? The little dude with the porn stash, Dougie Edder, he's like the insanity of the NBA. The NHL has the playoff beers going on. I think the new thing is going to be the porn stash for the NCAA tournament. It's got to be the water in Jersey. Think about the two legends now that have come from that area. First, your boy Georgie Pappas, and now the stash, Doug Edder. I mean, these two guys are freaking legends. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Jim. Rob Firmino, latest jungle dream. So I'm flying through some city streets, you know, enjoying the view, the feeling of flying. But I can feel something biting and nipping at my ankles. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? And it won't let go. So I look down, and there's this dog. And I'm all, who are you? He's all, Ryan Rawlsrog. I'm like, Paul's dog? Seriously? Dude, just because I love your calls, and I do, it doesn't mean you get to come into my dreams and be a fucking asshole. Bad dog. Message deleted. Next message. Hey, Jim, John, and Reno. I just want to let you know how much I uh, appreciate the way you uh, cover Coach Mush. I can't tell you how much Mush is missed over here in uh, Reno, Nevada. I mean, it completely took the air out of our basketball program. Because last year here, we had a team good enough to win the whole shot, in my opinion. You know, that's how good this guy was. And that all went over to Arkansas. Arkansas is always picking on our university for coaches. They can't find them on their own over there, so they come take our good coaches and offer more money and can't really blame them for going. But he's so missed here. Unbelievable. I'm totally in love when you two guys get together and talk. Message saved. Next message. 
Hey, Romy, what's up? This is David from Buffalo calling in about Scotty freaking Scheffler. This guy is unbelievable, Romy. Three wins in the last several weeks on the PGA Tour. This guy's going to be a factor for years to come winning majors. He's going to be on all the President's Cup teams. He's going to be on all the Ryder Cup teams. Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. Can't believe that mental toughness. All the talk all these years about Spieth, JT, DeChambeau, Kepka. That's all great, but none of those guys did what this guy did. He's number one in the world. He's going to be a big-time player for the long term. I'm out. Message saved. You have no more messages.